Hello, Abiding Together listeners. I just want to talk to you for a minute about the Monk Manual. The Monk Manual is a 90-day day planner inspired by monks, but it is also backed by science and spiritual wisdom made for busy people like all of us. And the Monk Manual helps you bring the way of the monk into your daily life by focusing you on the most important things so you can live each moment with greater purpose and productivity and presence. Whereas most planners and Emphasize doing, the Monk Manual is designed to help you grow in both being and doing every day. And it has like daily, weekly, and monthly pages that each serve a specific purpose to help you grow in your priorities. There's a place for reflections, there's a place for your health, not only just a calendar. And I have to tell you, we got one of the Monk Manuals and my husband swiped it, and he absolutely loves it. And we were talking about why so much he loves it, and he says, because it encompasses the whole person, it incorporates gratitude and and his health, plus the responsibility of family and work life. He said it sets up, it's a place for him to really write down his rhythms and really get into a rhythm of life that brings fullness and abundance. And he says, the days that I really allow this tool to bring order to my life are the days where I feel God's abundance and grace probably the most. And there's just a thing. So we would love to bring this monk manual to you, our listeners. Um, you actually can, um, Steve is so gracious, the creator of Monk Manual, to give us 20% off to all of our listeners with a code TOGETHER. And I really would invite you to um, take a look at Monk Manual and see how it can bring order and grace and God's abundance into your everyday life. Thanks. Hello, and welcome to the Abiding Together podcast. Abiding Together is a place where you can find connection, rest, and encouragement on your journey with Jesus Christ. My name is Sister Miriam James Heitland, and every week I'm joined by two of my dearest friends, Michelle Bensinger and Heather Kim. This podcast is born out of our friendship of sharing all kinds of things together, our walk with Christ, our insights, our joys, sorrows, tears, and laughter, and you are most welcome on the journey with us. So grab a cup of coffee, settle in, and welcome home. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the Abiding Together podcast. And we have come to the end of our Return of the Prodigal Son journey. So we are going to talk about the epilogue and the book in its entirety and kind of what's happening. And um, a lot is happening on planet Earth right now. So (laughs) I'm so glad. Can I just say, Heather and Michelle, I'm so glad that we record this over Skype anyway, because I don't know what we would do if we would have to be social distancing if we were actually in the same room. You know, very hard. I know. Very hard, but we are all together and virtually not in feet of each other. We are social distancing. So, but we are together. That's thing. Yeah, friends. I don't know. Like here we are in the midst of the coronavirus and just the quarantine. Everybody's, you know, pretty much on lockdown. And Heather, you are literally on lockdown. I mean, in Canada. So what's, tell us what's happening. Yeah, it's a little crazy up here. So our family anyway, because our daughter was on a mission trip in Belize, uh, she came back and had to go into 14 days of isolation. So our whole family is doing that as well as BC is in a state of emergency. So yeah, there's a lot of things that are changing very rapidly, like literally every 24 hours. I think a lot of people are experiencing that. So it's hard, you know, like it's hard for everybody for different reasons. It was hard for our daughter coming home to like literally a different world. Like when she had left 11 days before things were totally different, she came back and it was like a bit of a, a bit of a rough, entry. That's, that's to put it lightly. So yeah, trying to navigate it for ourselves, but for our children is 
it's hard, Mm -hmm. you know, it's, I think it's hard on everybody, but I think we just have to try to keep perspective Mm -hmm. that we are not lost. We're holding the palm of, held in the palm of God's hand and, um, yeah, he's not worried as much as we might be. So, Mm. yeah. How are you doing, Michelle? I'm good. I think it is, uh, like we were talking before, like there's an interior peace that I have. Like I understand um, that the Lord is, you know, he is sovereign. And even though the events are unknown right now and the future is unknown, he is not unknown. So I keep on reminding myself of that. And um, personally, you know, like as a mom, you're, you're okay. Like I'm okay. It's navigating your children, you know, and trying to figure all that out. But And then um, also just, but not neglecting myself and trying to pay attention to myself and my heart and what comes up and, you know, what I need to pay attention to and how is the Lord just asking me to enter in into this season, you know, trying to see it as a gift for the time. Um, It's not a luxury gift, but it is a gift and Mm -hmm. just really trying to lean into that and be tender with myself and everybody else around us. Mm -hmm. So yeah, but it's real. It is different. It is totally different, mm-hmm. you know, than anything that we have encountered before. What about you, sister? Oh, it is very different, and it does. It changes rapidly. Like it's just mm-hmm. shocking to see. And I think that's part of part of the fear. I think of a lot of people right now is that nobody knows what's going to happen. You know, I think even leaders, nobody knows what's going to happen. So people are just trying to figure it out as it unfolds, and it's unfolding in real time. And you know, nobody knows. So I think that's part of the of the fear. And yeah, it's just a rapid departure. I was really and just impressed by the Lord when this first started to really come, literally come home for us, that this time was a great gift, you know, and that I didn't want to, I felt the Lord saying, don't waste this time. Like this is a, this is a very precious time that you'll never get back. And so trying to listen to the Lord there. And I mean, you guys know I travel a lot and I mean, I've been home a week already. I'm like, I might be home for a couple months. Like, cause I just, event after event cancels one after the other. I'm like, well, you know, clearly this is the Lord's plan and, you know, I want to be obedient to that and, and to be very attentive to my own heart in it. So during the day when I have those moments of fear or anxiety, or when I have those moments of like overwhelm, or I have those moments of like, oh my gosh, or just to not, not to try to press it away, be like, okay, Lord, what are you saying here? Like just to just stay yeah. very present. And we, we have a puzzle on our dining room table right now. And we have I, just all kinds of stuff. I was power washing. I was pressure washing the north side of everybody's house the other day. Cause it's like, you know, like why not? You know? And somebody was like, well, you must be busy. I'm like, actually, no, I'm not like at all. I'm not busy at all. So I, you need help. I'll, I'll get you some toilet paper. Like, what do you need? You know? So I think, I think all of us, this week is going to change all of us. And I think all of us are going to look back at this time and say, well, that's, you know, that's when that changed in my life, or that's when that relationship deepened, or that's when I finally gave this up because the Lord opened my heart and laid it bare and I made a choice, you know? So I, Amen. yeah, so I know it's going to get hard for a lot of, I mean, it already is for a lot of us, especially you with children. I don't have, you know, I don't have kids like that. So I'm especially, imagine as a parent with children trying to homeschool and you're trying to quell their fears and you're trying to speak to them. And I, I, it's just like a whole other dimension for you guys as well, you know? So my heart especially goes out to families at this time who don't have the peace and quiet because they've got three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine kids home. <laughs> and what do you do, you know? Yeah, I mean, it, I think it's uh, it's very interesting that, all of the things that we find our comfort in or stability, you know, financial stability or, you know, the mm-hmm. comfort of sports or whatever it might be, like those are all being stripped away right now. And that's incredibly hard. And there's a lot of suffering there, you know, not to diminish that at all. But mm-hmm. you're you're so right, sister. This is an opportunity for us to draw ever closer to the Lord and for him to truly be 
everything for us. And we do have choices there still. We can still continue to numb out in a variety of ways or we can, we can, yeah, let's start to listen. And I think Jake and I have been talking about that a lot in our house the last few days. Like, how do we need to listen to the Lord right now? Because there's a lot of voices out there and there's a lot of fear and there's a lot of predictions and there's, a you know, but you're right. People don't know that we've never been here before. So how do we make space to just listen, listen to each other? Yeah. Listen to the Lord, listen to the fears, bring them before God in a very vulnerable way as a family, you know, and for our kids as well. Like, I don't Mm -hmm. have to be everything for them. Jesus needs to be everything for them. I don't have to have all the answers. You know, he is the answer for every mm-hmm. fear that they have. And I just need to, yeah, open the door for him to speak. So, yeah, my heart goes out to everybody who's suffering. Yeah. And um, yeah. we're just continuing to pray. And hopefully through the podcast, you know, we'll be able to use little opportunities to pray mm-hmm. with people in our community. And yeah. I also think there's something about unifying about it, though, mm-hmm. because it's not happening just to one. Yes. It's happening to the whole world. Mm-hmm. And so there's something about where it is really bringing uh, unity, which I love. I think it's a beautiful um fruit of what is going on. And like I say, we didn't enter into Lent. Lent entered into us, like happened to us, like it was forced. But uh, my husband and I were talking about yeah. last night. He said, it didn't only happen to the Catholics or the Christians. It happened to the whole world. Lent happened to the whole world this year, you know, and it is just a time mm-hmm. to come together. And I just love even hearing the stories of the different um, countries, how they are there for one another, ones that have not normally been allies are reaching out, you know, and it just shows, um, mm-hmm. it can show some of the hard parts of humanity, but it, gosh, can it show some of the most beautiful parts of humanity, like people coming outside of themselves, mm-hmm. not within six feet, but, you know, to help their neighbor, uh, which is just, I think, a beautiful fruit. And so, and I think that leads right into our last part of Return of the Prodigal Son, living mm-hmm. the painting. And yeah, sister, mm-hmm. take us away. Here you go. Yes. Yeah. So here's the quote we're going to use to guide our conversation today. Um, At the very end of the book, the epilogue, so if you want to turn with us, it says, Henry Nouwen says, everything in me yearned to be received in the way the prodigal son was received. That encounter turned out to be the beginning of my own return, right? Um, That was just such a beautiful reflection. We were just talking before we started recording this, as we always do, and I was just saying to uh, Heather and Michelle that it was, these are one of those chapters where I nearly highlighted the entire chapter (laughs) because there are just so many good quotes. And I just, I love Henry Nouwen's honesty. I love his vulnerability. I love his willingness to admit where he still needs conversion Mm -hmm. and to allow the Lord there. It's just so piercingly wonderful. And it's true, like that, the yearning, that just the yearning to be received and that encounter was his own, the beginning of his own return turn of being received by the father and which, which allows him to continually convert to become the father to another. So what Heather, as you, you know, we were talking about this. So what were some of the things that stuck out to you in this chapter, like, especially in the reference to this guiding quote, the yearning to be received and the the conversion that comes from that? There was a lot that stuck out to me. I actually wasn't expecting mm-hmm. it. I thought, oh yeah, living the painting is just going to be a quick wrap up. And then I started reading it yesterday and was like, oh my gosh, this is so good. And I too highlighted mm-hmm. different sections. I had to use different colors because I was like, I don't want it all to just look yellow. Um, but it was so, so good. And I, th- the first thing that stuck out to me was that he was talking about how easy it was for him to hide certain parts of himself, oh, like hide the elder son yeah. until he was in community. And um, 
And I was like, that's one of the gifts that community brings, which often we don't see as a gift. Often we see it as like, oh, this is where, you know, it gets hard and it's prickly and it hurts, you know, or I don't like this part. And so I push people away um, instead of recognizing, wow, these parts that come out when I'm with other people and in relationship with other people, it's actually a gift because it gives it God an opportunity to heal me. You know, I have to face Mm -hmm. these parts. And those of us who live Mm -hmm. in isolation, you don't have to face that. It's very easy Mm -hmm. to be a jerk when you don't have other people around you saying, Hey, you're a jerk. (laughs) You know, it's one of the benefits of marriage, but man, it doesn't feel like a benefit. Sometimes it feels like the worst thing in the world because you have someone who can constantly tell you when you're failing, you know, when you're being selfish, when you're, when your tone is mean, when you don't get it right, you know, there's someone right in front of you and, and it's not just telling you, but you can see the hurt on their face. You know, you see the impact of your actions and the parts of you that aren't integrated or sinful or selfish or self-absorbed. Mm-hmm. And so I just thought that that was a beautiful thing that he said, like it was so easy for him to hide the elder son within Mm -hmm. him until he came into community. And then that was exposed. And, um, I mean, we've talked about this a lot, even in regards to the church and the places within us that are hidden or the places within the church that have been hidden, it has to come into the light for it to be healed and to be like the warmth of the light to break through some of the coldness and places that have been frozen over. So I think that that's an initial really positive and good reflection for us. Like, Am I allowing myself to be vulnerable in my relationships to the point that my ugliness starts to come out mm-hmm. and, and that that can be healed within community? You know, do I trust that there's safety in my relationships or have I built relationships where there's safety enough for me to be healed there? Because I truly believe that we can go to counseling till we're blue in the face and we can read every self-help book, but most things are going to be healed within the context of relationship with other people. That's how we're going to learn a new way to live you know? Um, and these are things that my husband and I are really trying to like very much live into ourselves, you know, Michelle, what are your thoughts? I love it where, I mean, I just even love the last title of the chapter, you know, living the painting, you know, he saw this image, this image moved his heart and he just didn't stop there. Like, I love that the Holy Spirit initiated that encounter between Henry Nouwen and this beautiful painting. And I love, like we've said before, like that art speaks and lifts our gaze to something internal and something beautiful. And uh, one of the parts that I love out of John Paul II's letter to artists, he says, like, not all are called to be artists in the specific sense of the term. Yet, as the book of Genesis tells us, all men and women are entrusted with the task of crafting their own life in a certain sense. They're to make it a work of art, a masterpiece. And I just love that line, Mm. you know, our lives are a work of art and a masterpiece. And it just doesn't belong in a museum. Like the church is in a museum. It's a living garden. You know, I think John the 23rd said that, but how do we allow our lives to become a work of art or a masterpiece? And I think a Mm. lot of that happens in community. I think it was John Michael Talbot says, if you want to get really holy, like in the different degrees, he says, um, he says, so, you know, first you become a Christian or a Catholic, and that is like getting your bachelor's degree. And then you get married and that's getting your master's. And then if you really want to doctorate, live in community where you all live with one another, you know, and he said, that mm-hmm. is what happens. But I think there's something about community that like is like sandpaper. It, um, you know, mm-hmm. really just rubs the hard parts out. It chisels us. It really makes us a work of art because it sculptures us into be who we're created to be because we, um, 
you know, hurt people, people hurt us. We heal people, you know, people mm-hmm. heal us. And then, um, and then we mm-hmm. get to see things from different points of view. Like we get to see like the beautiful, like God's handiwork, like, man, he made that person really different. That is so different than me. But I think when you keep, when you lean and you grow, you can marvel at someone's differences and not take it offense to them, you know, and like, oh, wow, mm-hmm. the creator created them. That's a unique design. Okay. I don't know if I would have gotten that unique design, but you know, it's just <laughs> lean into it. So I just loved it. I loved everything about this last chapter, you know? No, it is true. And I I think, you know, community life and my regard is, is similar, but different to yours. I mean, in in a sense of, you know, we move a lot and you could be living with anybody at any time and they're not people that you, you hand select, you know, you don't choose the people that God is choosing them for you. And it does it. I remember when I first came and I, you know, I have an older brother, but he was gone a lot when I was younger. And so I kind of in many ways grew up like an only child. And I didn't realize until I entered religious life, how selfish and self-centered I was, you know, like, Oh Lord, have mercy that anybody would live with me then. I mean, I hope they are okay now, but like, you know, just seeing that in yourself, cause you can't, it's true. You can't escape from it. And I mean, and it's so beautiful and thank God for that. Like, thank God for that of like, Oh, there's my life is about more than myself. It's about other people. And it's about allowing that transformation to take place and that, okay, this person has been given to me as a gift. So how, how can I let them form me? And how am I called to be a gift in their life mm-hmm. as well? And it's sometimes like in your journey as well with your husbands and your children, some days are easier than others, you know, but in the end you can see that the profound blessing of it. And I was very moved by what Henry Nowen said, because I really think this is um, the path and this is what community does. This is the path of transformation. And, and he says, uh, Rembrandt's father, you know, is a father who is emptied out by suffering. So the father in the painting is a father emptied out by suffering. His outstretched hands are not begging, grasping, demanding, warning, judging, or condemning. They are hands that only bless, giving all and expecting nothing. And that just pierced me. That just pierced me because I see in my own journey where I'm still doing all that begging, grasping, demanding, warning, judging, condemning, you know, like, and, or I expect something in return, you know, and it's not a free gift and in order to be free, it has to be free. So it's the continual, like the suffering and not like the kind of a, a disordered idea of suffering, but like this, it's the purification of the masterpiece being formed that allows us to let go and to live in truth and to see and to be seen. And that is Mm. a stunning, stunning journey, a stunning lifelong journey for those who say yes to it. I mean, it is, it is transformational and we'll never be the same on that journey. (laughs) Yeah. There's this process that he's describing of like bringing home the parts that are wayward, you know, the, the younger son Mm -hmm. bringing that part home within himself or allowing that part to come home into the embrace of the father, allowing the part of the elder son to be, to be brought home in the embrace of the father. And it's when that process is happening that we're able to, through that suffering and letting go, then become the father. And I -hmm. love this part where he just was talking about his experience at Larsh and he said, handicapped people have little to lose. (laughs) Without guile, they show me who they are. They openly express their love as well as their fear, their gentleness as well as their anguish, their generosity as well as their selfishness. By just simply being who they are, they break through my sophisticated defenses Mm -hmm. and demand that I be as open with them as they are with me. Their handicap unveils my own. Mm. And then he says, by forcing me to confront the elder son in me, Larsh opened the way to bring him home. And I do think that there is this 
it's such a beautiful analogy of within ourself, there are these parts, you know, there's little parts of us, there's a 10 year old mm-hmm. me there's, and this isn't like new age babble. Like the, no, uh-uh. there are parts of us who have been wounded along the way. And, yeah. and those parts need to be welcomed home, you know, welcomed home by me. And I need to be old enough to welcome them home yes. and, and also yeah. for God to welcome them home. And that's when things get integrated. Like right now, all of us have parts that are disintegrated. They're all over the place. They are, there's places within us that are, that are lost. And many of them I've realized I've shunned myself. Like I've pushed away parts of myself. Like I don't want to look at 13 year old me. I don't like her. She's, she's an embarrassment to me. You know, I don't even want to see a picture of 13 year old me. Like there's parts Mm -hmm. of me like that because she was so wounded, so broken. And when I have to confront her, I confront my pain. I can, I have to confront the wounds that happened there. But as I grow in compassion for myself and I stop pushing her away and I can see, gosh, like you were so little, you were so young, you were just a little girl. Like I, I now want to care for you. And I want to say to the 13 year old part of me, it's okay. It's okay that you didn't know how to handle it. It's okay that you were a mess. Cause I look at a 13 year old daughter that I have and I think, Oh my goodness, how could Mm -hmm. she possibly ever deal with things like that? There's no No. way, there's no way. And it makes me feel compassionate towards myself, you know, and I go, I want to bring you home girl. Like, I don't want you to be a part of me that I push away, that I speak badly of, that I reject. I want to bring you home. You know, and it's very moving to me right now. Like I can feel like, you know, the tears welling up because that's real. Like that's the real work of a homecoming. And it's not just about Mm -hmm. me. Like God is very much involved in that process of healing as we integrate. You know, he is at the center of all of that. And only through his grace can we truly heal, you know, those, those places. Mm, So good. Heather, I just, can I, I, I just want to honor, can I just honor that part of what you're sharing? Because I think it's really beautiful. Um, and I think it's what you just offered uh, us was just stunning truth and, and beauty of your heart. And um, I think that's very true what you're saying. Like that's the only way to, to wholeness is to, is to welcome all of those parts in us and to receive them, which is so terrifying at times. Because like you just said, we have so many parts of us that we don't even want to own or look at. You know, and it's just we end up shunning them and pushing them away. And it's these little parts of us are, are the keys to understanding the whole. And they really, in a sense, I want to, I almost want to say, like, it's true. Like, the, mm-hmm. those little parts of us are what, like, what Henry Nowen is saying is it tears down the, the quote unquote sophistication of the other parts because <laughs> we're faced with like all these parts. And I think to, to really behold ourselves as we were then. Is a is a game changer, like you said. When you look at your thirteen year old daughter, or you see like whatever whatever area your deepest trauma is, if you see children that age, you're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, they're so young, like they're so young, and that's such a different way of looking at it because that's how Christ sees us, like that's how He sees mm. us, you know. And I think just as this being like something that I feel like like we all are, but um, just living in, in such an intense way right now, just the season that the Lord has me in. Mm-hmm. And there's another quote by Henry Nouwen. Um, it's in one of his other books, The Inner Voice of Love. And I just saw it because I had written it in my journal. And he says, a part of you was left behind very early in your life, the part that never felt completely received. Mm-hmm. It is full of fears. Meanwhile, you grew up with many survival skills, but you want yourself to be the one the whole, the integrated person, you want yourself to completely come home and be received. 
And I think that's the desire of all of our hearts, but it is taking a look and going back and say, where, where are those little parts of myself? And then not only do you look and it's an interior look, this is where you take a step further and then you bring it to someone else. You bring it to the Lord first and then yeah. you bring it to someone else and invite them in. And I think the Lord gives us almost like a spiritual statue of limitations. He said, okay, these things, these walls, these areas, these um, places that you've used for coping, okay, they served you in a past season because that they're survival skills. But you can't, and I've said this before, mm-hmm. but you can't take them into the new season. Like you need to learn a new way to live. Mm-hmm. You need to learn a new way to be. And you to lead to be fully integrated and fully receive yourself. Like you have to allow others to come into that space with you also, you know, and yeah. it just, it's been a powerful uh, Lent already. And we're the only three weeks in and just like the Lord really brought something to my attention that I just did not think was a big deal. Like in eighth grade, like totally didn't think it was a big deal and looked over it. And I had told my husband about it. And then I had realized like that was one of my major blocks. Like that event had major blocks and had gone mm. back and looked at it. But, um, because my husband received it with such tenderness and grace Like, I mean, he was so present to me when I was explaining everything to him and so tender. It broke something open, not only in me, but in our marriage. Like, I was like, wow, you know, but it was like intimacy, you know, uh, like I had never like experienced, but it took risk. You know what I mean? It took like that vulnerability, that risk of vulnerability, that risk of the Lord highlighting it and illuminating it. And then the risk of vulnerability to step forward to another person. And then when it is tenderly received, it is, I felt like it was a homecoming into myself and it was just, you know, a homecoming into love in a different way. So and that's yeah. how Chris is living the painting with you. You know, like yes, that's an example absolutely. on the other end is like he is being not your father, but he is he is expressing yeah. the father and being a safe place, you know, in welcoming that part of you home. And um, and so I think I, I love this part where he says our community is full of wayward and angry children and being surrounded by peers gives a sense of solidarity. Yet the longer I'm part. Mm-hmm. The longer I'm part of the community, the more that solidarity proves to be only a way station on the road to a much more lonely destination, the loneliness of the father, the Mm. ultimate loneliness of compassion. And Mm. I mean, that is like, oh, that doesn't sound very appealing, you know, (laughs) like that there's a there's a loneliness there. But I think part of the loneliness that he's talking about is that it's just pure self gift. You know, yeah. and there's something mm-hmm. that is we can't put into words like how much that fills us because that's what we were made for. We were made to make a gift of ourselves to others. It's when we become fully alive. It's it's when we become truly mm-hmm. who we are meant to be. And actually in kingdom living, nothing is lost there. It's actually you gain everything mm-hmm. there. This is the living of the scripture. You know, it's not until you lose everything, you lose yourself that you find yourself. Um but many of us are so afraid and those are orphan parts of us because we're like, if I don't yeah. get mine, then, yes. you know, I'm oh, going to be without yes. anything, you know? So we become afraid. We don't want to make that much of a gift of ourselves. It's like, I'll do it till I'm comfortable. But beyond that, I got to keep some for myself, you know, just in case God doesn't come through or provide mm-hmm. or somebody else doesn't come through and give to me because then I'm going to be left with with nothing. I, I don't know what your thoughts are on that, sister. Oh, gosh. Yes, that's oh, that's so true. And that that's the blessing. Like, you know, sometimes we do talk about community. We talk about the sandpaper, but it, it's also mm-hmm. a deep opening and deep reflection and deep home and deep receptivity. And that's the beauty and the sorrow of it both. Right. That's like the, that's the formation of the person. And, and, um, I think I, I just, 
I think that sometimes we just have these moments in our life. I know I've had many, and I know you've had many too, both of you, where you just say to yourself, I can't live like this mm-hmm. anymore. Like this, this cannot continue. And I must, even in the midst of my emotional pain, I must choose a different way. Like I have to choose a different way. And I think that's part of the growth of maturity where, where like remember, or Adam Henry Nowen says, we can remain the rebellious and the elder son and the younger son our whole mm-hmm. lives. And we can do that. Like, um, like who was that author was recently on Instagram saying you can be the victim or the villain if you want. You can, and during this time, you can be a victim or a villain, or you could be the hero and a guide, your mm-hmm. choice. Like it's up to you. And I, this, this quote at the end where Henry Nowen says, um, Rembrandt portrays the father as the man who has transcended the ways of his children. His own loneliness and anger may have been there, but they've been transformed by suffering and tears. His loneliness has become endless solitude, his anger, boundless gratitude. And this is who I have to become. I see it as clearly as I see the immense beauty of the father's emptiness and compassion. Can I let the younger and the elder son grow in me to the maturity of the compassionate father? And that comes like what you're both saying mm-hmm. through through the receptivity of all the parts of ourselves and then allowing that to be seen and received by somebody else. And Dr. Bob Schutz often says, you know, none of us are ever shamed or condemned into a conversion. Yeah. You know, we're loved into a conversion. And so when we see the elder son and the younger son within us, it's not as saying, oh, I can't believe you did that. Look at you. I mean, that's just more of the same. But it's like, OK, well, here's here's what's happening right now. Here's somebody mm-hmm. doing this. And my response is to either lash out in anger or to. But what's happening? OK, Holy Spirit, what's happening? And that's that's the process of growth. And, and sometimes people are like, well, that's exhausting. I'm like it is, it's so exhausting. <laughs> but it's worth it. But like that's that's how we're transformed. And I mean, we've said this a million times, like as hard as it is, I wouldn't have it any mm-hmm. other way. It's the I narrow would road. not have it any other way. Amen, girl. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's the and narrow I, path. Like, and we have to be able to to say, like, I have to be willing to be uncomfortable, stretched. I have to suffer. I have to be willing to be refined in a fire that burns away. Like all of these things. It is not comfortable, but it's mm-mm. beautiful. It's so oh, beautiful. Girl. And the fruit that comes is like, yeah, it's like nothing else, you know, like you're being transformed, literally. Sorry, Michelle. No, it's being transformed, but it's that maturity. When he said, I am the father, and that is my title. Like he said, I was, you know, I've been ordained this. This is my title. And do we live into it? I mean, yep. I know I look at myself, like, especially like during dealing with all this, like, where's the adult in the room? Oh, I'm it. Oh, shoot. Like this is, you know, I'm left to it. But I'm like, okay, how do you grow up in maturity? How do you not be the younger son or the older son? And like we were saying, you get refined and you grow, but then you also pick up tools, you know, these survival skills that you had. Mm -hmm. Okay. Those don't work anymore. So, oh shoot, I got to get new skills. Where do you find those skills? And that's where Mm -hmm. you lean into the Holy Spirit Mm -hmm. and say, the Holy Spirit teach me. And uh, Chris and I have been going for walks every morning, just as like trying to create a rhythm in this you know, unknown time. And I was just telling him something from counseling and I was telling him, you know, the difference between responding and reacting. I'm like my personality, more passion is like, okay, I'll react. And now I'm learning, okay, that's not the mature thing to do. You're supposed to respond. So, but then like even figure out like how I'm feeling, you know, and like I've said before, like, you know, your feelings and your emotions are, um, indicators, not dictators, you know, Amen. but it was so interesting. I was talking to what my counselor was saying, she said, Michelle, like, but you have to stop and check it then. She's like, it's like, you're driving, you're 
it's like your body is a car and you're like, you are a car, you know, when it says change, like the little light comes on the dashboard and says change the, you know, wind, mm -hmm. wind bro or oil change or whatever you want to change in your car, but you ignore it. And then the engine light comes on and then you ignore it. And then something breaks mm -hmm. down. She said, where if you just used them as an indicator yeah. and said, Hey, this is what's going on. Pour some more oil in. Oh, look, it's all fixed. Then you know how to respond, you know, but she said, if not, like we will break down, you know, and childish ways or younger ways or the sun ways, but yeah. the Lord is calling us to grow into maturity and he's calling us to become that adult, that daughter, that mother, that, you know, bride in whatever shape or form it plays mm -hmm. out in our life. And that's exciting. You know, like that's the journey to heaven. That's the journey to home. And, um, and mm -hmm. just a disclaimer. You had posed a question. How do you live into your titles? Like that was on yeah. the, the little document. We had a few little notes or whatever. And I read that and I was like, whoa, that's a good question. Not titles, like as in expectations, but like, what does it truly mean to be a sister? What does it truly mean to be bride, mother, mother. like whatever, like mm -hmm. all of those roles? Yeah. It's a good question. Yeah. And just a disclaimer to our listeners, you know, we're figuring all this all out alongside with you, you know, we, oh, yeah. gosh, we yeah. have not a, yeah. a completely arrived home. We're trying to figure it out and, mm -hmm. you know, ever changing from glory to glory and maturity to maturity or mm -hmm. not maturity and trying to get mature, mm -hmm. whatever you want to call it. And so, <laughs> but, um, you know, and it's a beautiful journey though. The journey is the beautiful it is. part. It's not the end result, it, yeah. you know, the journey. Mm -hmm. So it's good stuff. Yeah, and I think that's, you know, as we kind of wrap up our discussion here and just kind of think about that and the whole journey of Henry Nouwen in this book that just keeps, and so many people I've talked to, and I'm sure you guys have had the same experience, have come up to me and said, hey, I read this book like five years ago and I thought, I'll just follow along with you guys. But they're like, then I started to read it again. I was like, oh my gosh, you know, all this stuff, all these new things. And maybe for myself, I saw my old notes that I'd taken many years ago and just seeing now what struck me. And I think that's the key, I know, for myself, just to, if I could just sum up the kind of our discussion and that this painting is a journey and we're not all or nothing. We're, we're going to mm. see those parts of us that are within us. And that's, and that's okay, friends. Like that, it says it's not a failure. It's not just the Lord loves us so much. He's going to bring us into full union and communion with him. And so just as we go on this journey, and especially during this very intense time, when I think a lot of things are going to come out, a lot of our stuff is going to come out because a lot of our ways, like Heather was saying, the ways that we numb are being taken away one by one. It's so it's going to force us to, to go deeper and that's okay. Like that's okay. And to be able to come to those areas with the Lord and with others and just allow those things to emerge. And that's a lifelong process. Like a masterpiece takes a long time mm -hmm. and you're a masterpiece and, and that's fine. It's okay. Yeah, that's and how the Paschal it works, mystery so, is you know. meant to be lived over and over and over again. Yes. We don't just die once and rise once within our <laughs> life. You know, that would yeah. be nice, but it's not that way, you know? So continually going through, there's many times where I'm like, am I back at square one again? Like I've been on this journey for a long time now yeah. with the Lord, but there's, yeah, definitely many, many times where I'm like, here we go again. We're back at square one again, you know, and yet not like there's always continual growth and movement. And, um, just, to, just to give a word of hope, like if you find yourself in, in the dying part, you know, the rising is coming and, and this, that's what this time of, of almost coming to like Holy Week now we are and and entering into Easter soon like it's speaking of what is happening interiorly within mm. all of us I hope so yeah hang on to hope yeah Jesus yeah. is our hope yeah Michelle what about you oh I just reiterating what both of you all said you know He is inviting us to home He is inviting us to the journey He is inviting us to go through ourselves um, to get to Him and there's a continual process and a continual journey but you know we are Easter people. And so in the, our hope 
trust in him. And I was telling sister yesterday, the readings for St. Joseph yesterday was St. Joseph's feast day. And it was the second reading was about Abraham. And he hoped against hope that the promises that the Lord had told him would come true, even though they, he had no idea how they would happen or when they would happen, but it was credited him righteousness that he hoped against hope. Mm -hmm. And I was thinking to myself when I was sitting in there in mass and I was getting teary because I know it was going to be the last one of the last times I've received communion for a long time. I don't know when we are going to receive communion. And I'm like, gosh, am I going to be one of the ones that it's credited righteousness? Am I going to be the ones that he says? I'm like, I hope I am. Like, like I believed him for so much more, you know, for the full healing of myself and my family, but humanity and everything like, and that his promises would be fulfilled. So we are going to hold on to hope that the Lord's promises will be fulfilled in each and every one of us in our families and our church and in our world. And that we hold on to this and may it be credited mm -hmm. to us yeah. that we have that righteous faith. And maybe to kind of close our, our book study here before we jump into our one thing, maybe we could give Henry now and the last say at the very end of his work here. He says, he speaks about the painting and he says, I had little idea how much I would have to live than what I saw in the painting. And I stand with awe at the place where Rembrandt brought me. He led me from the kneeling disheveled young son to the standing bent over old father, from the place of being blessed to the place of blessing. And as I look at my own aging hands, I know that they have given, been given to me to stretch out toward all who suffer, to rest upon the shoulders of all who come, and to offer the blessing that emerges from the immensity of God's love. Maybe we could just pray for a second. Would that be all right? Let's just pray. So we just, Jesus, we thank you. Father, we thank you. Holy Spirit, we thank you. We thank you for this journey of coming home. We thank you for this journey of Lent. We thank you for even the trial with which we find ourselves in right now, the whole world. And Father, we just ask that you would open our hearts as your children, that you would allow all the parts of us to come to the surface so you can heal us. I pray that you would bring us all to communion, Lord, and call us into yourself, that we could choose to offer you to the world, Lord. We pray that you would bless us with your love, that you would bless us with unlimited and boundless hope in your goodness. And Lord, we pray that this Lenten journey and all the sacrifices and all the unseen uh, sufferings that we're enduring would all bear great fruit unto your glory. And we just entrust this book study, Lord. We entrust all those who have been on the journey with us as we pray glory be to the Father and to the Son and to the Holy Spirit as it was in the beginning is now and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Amen. Well, my ladies, what, uh, Heather Kim, quarantine life girl, what's your one thing for the week? Aside from like massive group gatherings where you wanted to like party on your back porch, but. <laughs> I must say, if everybody's hearing racket in the background, it's because there's like massive dump trucks and diggers outside our property right now. Oh, we can't hear around, anything. So. Oh, okay, good, yeah. good. Because I've been like, oh my gosh, it's so loud out there. Um, by the way, one of my goals is to learn how to make bread while we're like oh, stuck in the house. I'm like, there's all kinds of things. Like I said to my son last night, I was like, he goes, mom, I don't know what to do. I was like, son, you cannot be playing video games all the time. He's like, I know, but I'm with my friends on there. I'm like, I know. I was like, hey, how about you learn how to play the guitar? And honestly, right there, he's like, Huh? And then he went and grabbed the guitar. We printed out a chord sheet. My other daughter picked up a guitar. And all of a sudden, we're having like a family jam session in the living room, which I was like, okay, this wouldn't normally happen. It was just so Absolutely. funny and fun. Love it. it was hilarious. Anyway, okay. So my one thing for this week is a song by Lauren Daigle called You Alone. Uh, oh, our yeah. friend Stacy Check made this 
uh, playlist and it had this song on it, which I had never heard before. It was just so perfect. So I want everybody to listen to it and I'll put it in the show notes and I'll post it in our private discussion group. So it's a really good one. It was just so appropriate for the times that we're in right now. Anyway, Michelle, what's your... Um, I have a couple of one things as usual, but you know, hey, we've been cloistered for a while, so there's a lot of things to be excited about. And um, my first one is a song called uh, Mother from J.J. Heller. I just love her. And so I love her voice. I love everything Mm -hmm. about her. And um, so I will post that song. It's just a sweet, sweet song. And I had it playing on uh, in the car the other day. We were coming home from the grocery, which felt like a battle zone. like during this time. Love is a battlefield. Love is a battlefield, especially when you're trying to get toilet paper, baby. Like really people, (laughs) toilet paper. Why? Why? You know, aren't we all, aren't we all like ruining the days we TP'd people's houses years ago? I'm like, we wasted all the Holy Grail. We wasted it. (laughs) Oh my gosh. Seriously. I'm like, okay, really? What are you people doing with this? Stepping bras? I don't know, but come on. Just ration to three Um, sheets. Three sheets, people. Three sheets. That's it. Okay. (laughs) Wow, we just went next level there. Okay. Seriously. We did. Sorry. But my little 13-year-old son said to me, I had it on, it's on a playlist. And he's like, oh, that's the sweetest song, mom. And he goes, it's comforting after what we just went through in the supermarket. (laughs) So it was that. Um, And then my other one thing is many of you have DM'd me and I haven't responded. Sorry. But that uh, more information about Greenhouse and what it is and what exactly we're doing. So I will put a link if you want to subscribe to our newsletter as it is evolving and unfolding that you can uh, get that. And then my last one thing is they bought me this really big ring for my car keys. And so I won't lose them. And it looks like a bracelet. I love this darn thing. It's the only thing that has made me not lose my keys, even with the tile. So I love it. Okay. Those are all my (laughs) random things, you know, sister go. (laughs) I love that. I thought you, I thought you were literally going to just tell us they bought me this huge ring and I lost it. I'm like, what? Oh my gosh, no way. <laughs> no, 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 no need to break oh, out. Oh gosh! With well, Beyonce. actually, my one thing is also a song as well. By I like JJ Heller too. She's up, she's up in my Spotify playlist like all the time, but it's a song called "Unbreakable Heart." And I seriously wept when I heard it. Like I listened to it a couple times and I just wept. It is so beautiful. And it reminds me so much of the quote. And perhaps that's the story of the song where C.S. Lewis says, you know, if you want your heart to be unbreakable, don't give it to anybody. Don't entrust it even to an animal. You know, if you lock it up and keep it safe. And he's like, you won't find that. You'll find that it's safe. It's like kept away, but it becomes unbreakable. Right. So that is just a beautiful song of what it takes to have a heart broken wide open. And that's what it means to love. And so that I'll just offer that to to our listeners as well because it was so good. All right, y'all. Well, God bless you. And thank you once again for joining us uh, on our journey on our book study. We're going to come back next week with some different content and be with you there as well. But thanks for being with us on the journey and we wish you a blessed, blessed Lent. So until next week, we will be abiding together. God bless y'all. If our podcast has blessed you, would you please consider financially supporting abiding together via Patreon? Patreon is a website where people can make donations to help keep the podcast going. And now that we at Abiding Together have an independent platform, we have a number of costs that go into creating the podcast and the high quality content we offer, such as our website, design, tech support, staff, and other elements. Having an independent platform also allows us to explore and create new content for all of our listeners to enjoy. So thank you so much to all of you who are already donors. When you donate through our page on Patreon, you are able to donate any amount, $1 a month, $5 a month, $500 a month, or just a one-time offering. 
Abiding Together is a registered 501c3 nonprofit organization and donations are tax deductible. So would you please prayerfully consider giving to Abiding Together? If you donate $15 or more per month, you become a tribe member and you will receive a short individual video from Michelle, Heather, and I each month about a variety of topics. You can see all of the information on our Patreon page, which is patreon.com forward slash abiding together podcast. So consider becoming a supporting member today and help us further the work of the Holy Spirit moving in and through this community. Together, we can do amazing things. We are so grateful for your support and may God bless you. Thank you so much for listening to this week's episode. If you liked it, would you please share it with a friend? Could you also leave us a rating and a review on iTunes? That helps us get the message out to as many people as possible. All the show notes are in your podcast app, but if you'd like them emailed to you, you can go to our website at abidingtogetherpodcast.com and subscribe. On our website, you will also find all of our past episodes and information about various episodes. You can also join our private Facebook group and get in on the discussion and all the beautiful things that are happening there. We are so glad that you are on the journey with us. And until next week, we'll be abiding together. God bless you.